0: everybody welcome back to another exciting episode of big geek energy i am one of your three co-hosts i am george rogers joining me as always is goldie wilson himself dean holzhafel man i'm and, gonna be mad. and marvin barry saxophone player chris Francesco. <laughs> <laughs> i get the sax player <laughs> you should be honored
1: i know i should be honored
0: there's <laughs> nothing better than a classy sax solo that's no, you Chris, is, Chris is the guy that says, dude, we branded a coward for the rest
2: of his days. <laughs>
0: no, no, Chris, that guy goes, hey, he stole that guy's wallet. I thought he stole his wallet.
2: <laughs> yes. Thank
1: goodness. Yes. Hey, what's going on, boys? How are you?
0: Oh, ah, you know, here we are. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, this is... in, case you, in case you couldn't tell by those uh, wonderful little anecdotes, we're doing a little Back to Future talk today.
1: I can't believe it's actually taken yeah. us this long.
0: Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I mean, it's yeah. a little bit no, of a fr- fr- retrospective. It's not a big, fr- it's not, it's only three movies, but uh, three movies in a
2: really good Telltale game.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's three of the best movies ever made.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, it's also, funny. Go
0: ahead,
2: No, the
1: only thing I was going to say real quick, Dean, was I was actually saying, talking to my wife the other day about it, saying, I think these are the only three movies. I guess you could say a trilogy and or slash franchise that you can honestly say that they're the only three movies that you can say all of them were just perfect. And there's nothing you could change about them. And we'll get into that, but all three movies, it's like, you can't think of something that you could change about it.
2: Hmm. Um, yeah. I could probably agree with that. What I was going to say was um, last year, I discovered that Bob Gale wrote a 25 issue comic book series. To coincide mm-hmm. with the franchise and i think this year i'm either gonna see if it came out in some trade paperbacks or go out and collect the 25 issues to read it um because i heard it was phenomenal um i don't know if it's like i don't know if it's like takes place after the third movie or if it's like just a retelling of the of the movies, I, I don't know what it is. I just know it was like twenty-five issues. Bob Gale wrote it, and it was phenomenal. It's, it's I, every little every review I've read of it just said it was like it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. So, I have to find it. And as me, the yeah. big Back to the Future fan and pseudo collector of Back to the Future stuff as I am, I feel like I need it in just my collection in general. So mm-hmm. makes sense. So uh, let's yeah. shall we move on.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're doing a little bit of a, a franchise a little bit of a Back to the Future franchise retrospect. and as Chris he can he couldn't believe that it took us this long to get here but mm-hmm. I mean, we could have banged this out early, but you know, we we we, we also do a lot of Back to the Future talk in general. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I there's never a bad time to talk about it. You know, we're always making references, Dean, you know, it all comes back to Back to the Future one way August. or another. So you know, I don't mind that we kind of dragged this one out and waited to it. So,
2: and uh, I'd like to announce that um, last time I checked, uh, I think I think three of our top five most listened to shows on the Multiverse Movie Podcast George, are the Back to the Future movies. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I know one. I know. I think it's, I think it's Back to the Future. One is the most listened to show, and I think three. Like, cause if I pull up the analytics on on Anchor, it'll show you like your top like ten, top five or something like that shows that are listened to, and one and three are definitely up there. I'm pretty sure two is up there too, but I know one and three are definitely up there. Um, I'm pretty, but I like I said, I'm pretty sure I salt. You know, I'll pull it up by you guys talk.
0: I was listening to uh, I was listening to our buddy Scott, uh, his podcast, cool. Hey You Guys podcast, um, which they also do pop culture talk just as we do. Um, he's a little more. Him and his buddy are a little more nostalgia-based. We, we we do touch on a lot of the current stuff, um, as anyone knows who, who as all two of our listeners know. From but they did something this week called um, they did what they called a movie draft where they picked a year and they just kind of drafted like you were drafting a team, but they just picked movies. Mm. Um, and then you would say like like who had the better draft? Well, Scott for his third pick took Back to the Future Three. They did 1990. And talked about how it's just—I mean, he is on a, a, a little bit of a different wavelength than we are with Back to the Future Three. Um, you know, he thinks it's the it's the weakest of the trilogy. I really? respectfully that- agree. I think I think Back to the Future Three is the second best of the trilogy.
2: I agree. Um, I um I was wrong. I apologize. Um, I swear. But these these things do change. You know, I mean, as more people discover us, our numbers go up. But Back to the Future One is our top listened to show. Um surprisingly, Batman and Robin is our third listen highest show.
0: What? Yeah.
1: <laughs> People like yeah. disasters, man. Yeah,
0: getting, I guess. And get, um, all those Alicia Silverstone fans who wanted to hear us
2: talk about it. Apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I they it, that must have changed because when I checked a couple weeks ago, they were all three of those movies were definitely in our top ten. Mm-hmm.
0: So, but that wasn't until Chris O'Donnell and his family found our top found our uh <laughs> or christy francesco found our podcast. no no
2: <laughs>
0: guys guys everyone listen to the batman and robin episode <laughs>
2: fucking clown that's you that's you chris it is
1: i i could see I, I know
0: so so boys mm-hmm. and i use that loosely mm-hmm. um we all three of us hold this franchise in such a high regard and we're not the only ones a lot of people absolutely love this franchise you Really have a hard time finding anybody who has anything negative to say about it. I mean, you'll get someone to you know who have like some Snyder mark here or there, or whatever. But it's widely beloved. Why do you think this franchise is so widely beloved? Whoever wants to go first,
2: uh, I'll go. Um, I was just putting no. Uh, I was putting my laptop on do not disturb, so uh, I, I forgot I had it off. Of that um, uh, I, I think it's so beloved by everybody is because I mean. You know re- regardless how you feel about back to the future two and three um but back to the future one is just one of the most iconic movies of all time and i think it's a movie that is uh, a generational film um and it's a movie that you can watch as a family film too so it's a movie that you could sit down with like your kids like chris i'm sure uh you know when they get a little older uh you know and they. I don't. You know, I'm. Not, I don't know if you have like you know, uh, different things you won't show them because you know you have young kids and stuff like that. So, but like I'm sure when they get a little older, you'll be like, oh, you know, let's 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 introduce them to Back to the Future if you haven't done it already. But um, <laughs> that's think, something you honestly, could sit I down with. The worst, you know, man. you can sit down with them mm-hmm. and like this is something you grew up on, and now you pass it on to them and stuff like that. And then you know, twenty five years from now when you know they're married with kids and stuff like that, they could pass it on them. I think it's how, you know, a movie like Back to the Future is. It's it's just a generational movie, which oddly enough is about generations, if you think about it. But um but yeah, I think it was especially with people like us, like our age. I mean we were kids, young kids. I mean I was two when the first one came out. Um so like my first introduction to Back to the Future was probably Back to the Future too. Um
0: you were two when the second one came out. You weren't born when the first one came out. You said you were two when the first one Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
2: that's what I meant to say. That's what I meant to say. I'm tired, guys.
0: <laughs> I mean, I was four months old when it came out, so. <laughs> yeah. I,
2: I think I meant to say that the first one came out two years before I was born. Um, but yes, I was two when I, when I first came But I, I remember being a kid. We were living at my great-grandmother's house over in uh, um, Dalran, and And, um, just, I had back to future pajamas and, you know, the little toys they had. um, I don't remember, I don't remember what they had, but I mean, I had like a model of the DeLorean, um, and, um, stuff like that, but like, I was just obsessed with it. I was, I was absolutely obsessed with it. I remember when, um, my great grandmother bought her, her car or she bought a new car, a new car at the time in 1991, I think it was, it came with a cassette tape, um, it was like, oh, uh, Ford, uh, I don't know, greatest Hits or some shit like that. But it had the Back to the Future theme on it. And we would, every time we, I would drive in the car with her, I would just have her play that theme over and over and over and over again. And just, um, yeah. That's mm-hmm. so, so a nice little story for you guys. I kind of got off the beaten path. But. No, I mean, that's that's the point of the show. So, man, it's,
1: for me, it's, I always have the most difficult time discussing Back to the Future because it's been so integral in my life. It's I mean, it's the it's the three movies that I've watched more than anything ever. The only thing I've watched more than Back to the Future trilogy is Pro Wrestling. Like legit and I and I mean that.
2: I mean Yeah. I hear you. There's not much I've probably watched more either. Maybe Raiders they, of Lost Ark might be there. There was a, a
1: long time
2: um, where
1: I probably watched one of these movies, you know, once a week, and it was I. I don't know what it was, you know. It to me, it boasts the the best blockbuster you know script ever written for three straight films. Um, you mm-hmm. know, everything that occurs early on serves like as a setup for a payoff that you might not even realize is could come two movies from now. Um, mm-hmm. And like you know, everything in the movie is like a ticking clock. Everything, you know, there's there's just never enough time, or you know, maturity catches up to all of us sooner or later. Um, I feel like in this in these movies, you know, Robert Zemeckis, you, um, you always had something to prove. Like he shoots a high school dance as if it were a frigging car chase, and like uh-huh. it, it just it was so serious. And like now, when you look at like back to the future. <clears throat> It's now like a double period piece, you know what I mean? So it's like Back to the Future, the first one allows us to understand what people in 1985 thought about 1955, and what they thought about 1985 as well. So, and then like it, although there sometimes there wasn't too many stakes, although they were very small because you know they experienced them in the first movie a lot. But you know, it's it's just kind of scenarios that that Marty and Doc uh, create for themselves in a way, um, trying to change certain things that maybe they they messed up in the space-time continuum. But, um, oh my God, like just saying all these things, this movie just encapsulates generations of things. Like the movie takes you back to Wild Wild West, right? And then it cool. brings you to the 50s. Then it brings you to the 80s. And then, you know, we're in an era now where things that happened in the 80s and 90s are relevant again. So it makes the first the first and second movie so astounding to this day like the the, the movies never they never age out they never mm-hmm. just get you you can never watch those movies and feel like man this was definitely written
2: 50 yeah. uh, you know 35 years ago Chris they're timeless
1: that they're, they're timeless yeah.
2: and and, to and they day, they they've aged gracefully too they right. don't feel like like you were just trying to say like you watch some movies even some of the greatest movies of all time you'd be like yeah I can tell this was made in like 1971 yeah. you're just like they're just the way they were made it's just so it just it, it ages gracefully you're just like wow like you don't even think that you watch back to the future one and you're like oh my god this movie is 38 years old you know what I mean and you're just yeah. it's still a marvel of just technology and storytelling and stuff like that it's, um, yeah and it's like and,
1: it's it's sci- yeah. it's like the perfect mix of you know sci-fi meets comedy but like it doesn't get hokey ever and it mm-hmm. doesn't get too sci-fi it's like that fucking perfect blend of action sci-fi comedy romance it's mm-hmm. everything in one drama um sadness. and heartfelt
2: moments too it,
1: exactly
0: it it, it, it it spans all genres Mm -hmm. like it's it's near impossible to kind of pigeonhole this movie i mean because you can watch you know you know you you want to laugh you know pop it in you know you you know you want want a a sci-fi adventure you know obviously i mean it's Mm -hmm. you can i mean the, the only thing you really don't get out of it is horror but that's that's it, there's no room for it. It'd be it'd be a, it'd be a wasted gesture. But you know, it, th- there's so much going on at any time, just spanning genres. That at what at one point you would think like with everything that encapsulates, that's like oh this is this might be a bit much. But it was as you said, Chris. It was this perfect mix. Mm-hmm. It was like it was lightning in a bottle three times. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, it really was. Doesn't happen.
0: Most directors have a hard time getting lightning one time. Zemeckis nailed it three times with one mm. franchise.
1: Yeah. yeah, And not, you know, not to mention probably lightning in a bottle all three times in terms of the greatest soundtrack ever. Um, mm-hmm. Like, dear God, man, I, I listened to that. I listen to that soundtrack today. I listened to mm-hmm. all of movie one and two today. Like,
2: it's all the time. Three is probably my favorite. Three is so oh. good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love the first one, but there's just something about three that's just Alan Sveshuk was just like, oh, you you, you thought that was good, like, yeah. I, this is going to be great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you well, I know you guys, mean? like he's he is, well, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. But
2: your kids are- <laughs> yeah, like three soundtrack is amazing. I remember when I remember it was vividly um, a little over two years, yeah, a little over two years ago when they announced when they announced Michael Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd were going to be at Awesome Con in D.C., George, you remember this announcement back in 2020, and I that day, I went home and I bought passes to the convention, and I bought the photo op immediately that day, and I I don't remember where I was driving back. Maybe I was driving back from the gym um, because then I later came up to your house, George, because I remember I was driving up to your house, and I was listening to the the just different songs off the three movies and i actually started to tear up because i couldn't believe that this this is this was like a uh, you know uh a unicorn moment for me to have an opportunity to get a photo with literally the two if it's if it's not indiana jones the next two most influential characters of my fictional characters in my life are Marty McFly and Doc Brown easily to meet that to meet them together was just like, I couldn't believe it. And I actually started to like really like get it in the feels that like mm-hmm. this moment was happening for me. Cause at this point, George had already met Michael J Fox mm-hmm. um, and he had met Christopher. So I was kind of catching up to him. I was playing a little catch up, you know? So, um, and you, you'd are at this point, he had already met the big four anyway, because yeah. uh, we had met, um, leah thompson and thomas f wilson the year before at nj carcon remember
0: and james tolkien
2: yeah and him too um so like this was this was like the last two people i needed for the movie the characters who had been in all three movies so it was just uh, and of course then you know COVID ruined everything but i got it last year i got that photo last year so and uh it was a magical magical moment for me
0: yeah i mean i i, I met uh I met, I met christopher lloyd first uh, mm. monster mania yes it was monster mania august 2013 mm. i remember that day it's a red letter day in uh in history because ironically enough that was also the same day that amy and i got together mm. really so I, I, that's why i always say like you know because i can never really remember the, the right day but i know it's monster mania in august so that's mm. usually what we celebrate like our anniversary <laughs> Right, right. Uh, and then she got me for my birthday the photo op with Michael <laughs> J. Fox at Wizard World, mm-hmm. and that
2: was the following year, wasn't that? And,
0: yeah, and I wasn't even yeah. expecting it. Yes, yeah. so, like, that was no, no, that was 2015. When I got that. Um, was
2: that so I,
0: was, I wasn't even expecting that. And then the and then as you said, you know, we went to NJ Horicon, and Leah Thompson, Thomas F. Wilson, and James Tolkien happened to be there, so it was just like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm gonna get the rest of them. You know? yeah. and then and then our friend eric was down there too because mm-hmm. it was also the same time we met chris jericho yeah yeah and um and sure. he was, remember he, he was deciding whether or not he wanted to meet whether or not he wanted to meet them and it's just like mm-hmm. you're a fan you yeah. might as well do it like
2: mm-hmm. you, yeah we talked him into it yeah
0: yeah you, you'd be foolish not to like you, <laughs> you love the franchise you got three of the main members of the cast here and you've already met well, he didn't meet Michael J. Fox at that point, but he met Christopher Lloyd. So it's like, you might as well just meet him. You might as well just meet as many people as you can.
1: Yeah. I mean, it for, for me, it's it, I guess how you guys look at it, mm-hmm. like, I would huh? Can you hear me?
2: Yeah, why? Uh, my headphones died.
1: Oh, right. Um, we'll just charge him now so that you might get like the last few minutes. Um, So like, Next week, like next Saturday, I'll be, I'll be meeting like Jerry Rice, like autograph and then actually, um, you know, physically getting a photo op. So to him, like to me, like how you got you guys envision the dream of meeting Michael J. Fox and Doc Brown, which I would love to do, too, if I ever had that opportunity, if that comes around again, which it probably won't. Uh, but if it ever did, it'd be something that I would do. You know, that's like me with you know meeting rice next week so i understand what it's like for you guys to have that opportunity because sometimes people that that are listening to this right now don't understand the the level and the amount of total hours days years that we have spent paying attention to these three movies or you know for for me how much i invested into um, you know, watching football or watching my favorite players or my favorite movies. And then when you finally get the opportunity to meet these people the uh, and you actually go up to them, it's like you you get this this flood of emotions and you just want to say, like, thank you. Like, thank you for for creating or doing, like, let's just say for Back to the Future. Like, hey, you know, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, Thank you so much for creating something that brought me so much joy, whether it was in my greatest of times and it's and it's something that was there for me in my lowest of times. So that's what I'm going to do next week when I actually have a chance to actually talk to Jerry Rice. All these things I would love to say. But what I really just want to say is, you know, thank you. Thank you for one being a great role model for, you know, other than my dad being like a great male role model for me. My entire life and just thank you for for just you know playing and, and being there for you for me and for millions of other people either we were cel- like having great times or just in a really bad emotional state so I think that's what's so important for these kinds of movies like how Star Wars or Indiana Jones or you know Batman movies like we invest our 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 everything into these movies and We don't get that chance to tell these people that and that's great that like Dean said how special it was to like physically look at someone in front of you that created something so special that's going to be timeless in your life that you're going to pass down to if you have kids you're going to pass down to friends. You know it's just it's incredible to look at these three movies and realize man like I'm 35 years old I don't even know a life without watching back to the future. you know what i mean like if i go like three or four months without seeing the movie i go oh my god like this is something wrong i gotta just watch one of them right now Mm -hmm. so i i talking about back to the future is it might sound like a real nerd thing i mean which is what we are and what the show's about but realizing the greatness that it is and how special these three films are i think it it's right up there with Star Wars to some people. It's right up there with, you know, the Marvel universe for people. Like this was ours, like our generation, these movies are ours. We grew up with, the, with, the, with these movies. Like, you know, people that are getting into them now, like we were around for when these movies were coming out. And like, we were around when these movies were like only a couple years old and, and above. So we've been able to experience these movies for our whole life. Like it's incredible.
0: And the one good thing about uh, about it is that when you know, is, is when you meet for Lloyd or or Leah Thompson or Thomas F Wilson or any of them, they don't shy away from any questions. They don't. They don't sit Like Christopher Lewis, like I said, is is not going to, you know, if you ask him back to a future question, he's not going to be mad and be like, don't you know, I was the hobo in Dennis the Menace? We know where, where, where's my love for that? You know, Leah Thompson's not going to be like, hey, you know, you don't be refreshing a Howard the Duck question once in a while. You know, like they embrace it and they love it. And I know, Mm -hmm. Dean, you, you told the story before about Kevin Bacon being on Howard Stern and how he's tired of the footloose questions. It's like, it's like, yeah, there, there are some people who i guess don't want to be pigeonholed with the one movie that they've done that's that
2: was chris that told that story by the way
1: oh no we lost we lost we lost you george yeah we lost yeah, he's, him but he's, oh he's
2: gone he's he's real gone oh
1: he's real gone but when he gets back i i agree with him and when he gets back I'll let him finish the story it it's real it's crazy to me and we've talked about this before where <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's crazy because there are people that don't want you to talk about the one movie that they did that was so famous. But then, okay, I'm sorry, George, but then I was just gonna say that.
0: Yeah, I was the, say uh, yeah, go, go ahead,
1: go ahead. Go. No, but I was gonna say the same thing, and then you could piggyback off of it that these three actors, they will talk about it and and smile. They'll never get tired of it. Um, I mean, Christopher Lloyd is is probably as popular again as he's ever been. Um, he's always popping up doing back to the future things and it's almost like how could you not feel proud to be part of something that's going to live forever you know what mm. i mean and i feel like you know even mark hamill was that way for a while with Blue skywalker where i feel like I, years, uh, I, I, on twitter he talks about it a little bit more often than he used to which is mm. pretty cool to see but go ahead go ahead george
0: now it's it's, a, it's it's not just the main cast member too, but it's even it's like the minor, like, like like the minor cast members too, like the the gentleman who plays Goldie Wilson, the guy that plays Marvin Barry. You know they they know that's what people are there for, but they're not. You know it's like, hey, I've done other things. They they embrace it. They love it because they know that. You know it's like, hey. You know, P, you know our fan you know people are fans because of this movie you know i mm-hmm. wouldn't you know i have the wide recognition if it wasn't for the fans like for example um the woman that plays lorraine's mother in, in 1955 is played by Frances lee mccain
2: mm-hmm.
0: she, she was kevin bacon's mother on footloose she was um uh Billy peltzer's mother in uh, in gremlins like she's been in a lot of things she's been in a lot of movies but she will always go to these conventions where they're always having like back to the future things because she loves it and mm-hmm. she loves the fans and and it, and, and that's what i mean it, it's a hell of a cast first of all to get as many people as you could to come back for all three movies obviously we with crispin glover we only got the one out of him um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but he also changed the game too because of the lawsuit for you know for back to the future two and three mm-hmm. where they had jeffrey Wiseman basically just looking like crispin glover but he showed but but he shows up to conventions too not crispin glover but but jeff Wiseman, he goes too because he knows it's you know what the hell i was in these movies too mm-hmm. and people like him so you know he'll go and people sign or whatever but but as i was saying crispin glover changed the game because of that lawsuit so now like whenever you do a movie and you cast a new actor like you just have to have that new actor you're not making them the skies look like somebody else
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know, that'd be like when they had mark ruffalo replace edward norton they didn't go through and make mark ruffalo look like edward norton you're right because he clearly can't do that <laughs> but you know claudia wells you know dean we met her and what a mm-hmm. sweetheart she was you know she always goes to these conventions too so like no i mean crispin glover aside but everybody else just, they, they, they love going to these conventions and they love talking to the fans.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I guess I, I can kind of, I just had this in my mind. If we want to go through each movie, what are a couple of your favorite scenes? And
2: we'll start with the first movie. Dean, mm-hmm. go ahead. Um, I think, I think my favorite scene of the movie, I, mean, I wasn't prepared for this question. Um <laughs> but-
0: well, Johnny was thought um, there by Chris. Yeah, yeah,
2: I think it's just. Um, I think it's the first time you uh, the 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 DeLorean travels through time. Yeah, you know, in the with, mall, with parking Einstein. Yeah, yeah, in the in the parking lot with, with Einstein, he goes, you know, <clears throat> when this baby, baby when this baby when this baby hits 88 miles an hour, you're in for some serious shit, mm-hmm. and just the the tension that's building. I think that's just, I think it's my favorite scene.
1: Yeah. Um, for me, it's actually, <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually funny to me because it's um, I do this every time I get on like 295 or 95. So okay. as soon as I get on the all turns that go on this highway, I always say the same thing. You can even ask my wife. I grab, I grab the, the, the stick or whatever. And I say, let's see if this, let's see if these bastards can do 90. And, and, and I just go, but then in my head, I always laugh because I go, man, if only people knew how long it would take for a DeLorean to get to 88 miles per hour. Sometimes <laughs> ne- never, because a lot <laughs> so- of times the,
2: a lot of times the abdominal only went to like 60. Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was always my favorite thing. Cause I go, man, this movie, the only thing that over-exaggerates a little bit is that God, he gets to 88 really quick. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he he figured if you were gonna travel through time, I'd do it with some style. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Style (laughs) and slow. So we might as well well do that. But yeah, but um man, there's so many scenes in Back to the Future. Man, I I love like you said, the first time when that when that when it comes out of the van, it's just incredible. Um, and then anything at and I love the whole end too, the whole like crescendo of, of this whole uh, um, dock hanging from the, the top mm-hmm. and then sliding down and trying to plug everything back into the tree. And you see the car that's driving in this never ending straight road. Um, <laughs> and, and, but still it's like, so, you know, it, I mean, it's just so intense. And then we um, got the music playing in the background. The music is so important to these movies it's like not even it should never be overstated how how important the music is. It makes everything more grander, and it's oh, I just the the first movie, man, is just it's I just
2: love it. It's incredible. It's a perfect example of a uh, how a great score for a movie can just could just elevate a great movie even higher. You know what I mean? Easily, like, yeah. It's so it's so lost nowadays in a lot of movies. I the Batman um, that just don't have good. Uh, Good scores anymore?
1: Yeah, no, I I, I wholeheartedly agree.
0: Yeah, it, it's like a lost art.
2: To mm-hmm. be
0: with you. Um, for for me, my favorite my, my favorite scene is is everything is everything at the end for, you know with, with Marty, yeah. you know driving the Delorean up you know to you know to, to, to hit the hit that wire at just the right mark. So you've got the tension of Marty of whether or not he's gonna first off get the Delorean up to eighty eight. And then get there in time because the damn thing stalled when the alarm went off. So, show that Doc science was off a little bit, but you know we're not going to judge him for it. But then you also have the tension of Doc trying to hook everything because everything came unhooked. And yep. I don't know, you guys, but I don't. There's always times whenever I'm, if I'm doing something <laughs> and whatever I've done affects something else I'm doing. Like, like if I'm plugging in an extension cord and I unplug something else, I will just look at it and just yell. Mm-hmm. Back Doc, you know, when he unplugged it from the street lamp, and he looks down and he sees like shit. I have to do this now. You know, it's it's such it's such beautiful tension building mm-hmm. that to this day I've seen this movie a hundred times and I'll, I'll see it a hundred more times before I die. Um, That's it. I can I, watch
2: it a hundred times in a month. I know.
0: <laughs> I'm a- thanking that I die like tomorrow, so. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh, all right, bro. No, oh. uh, I'm joking. Um it'll just be BE energy after this, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking it. <now>. Um. <laughs> I, I still get goosebumps when I watch that scene. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it's the, I, I can't even, I, I really can't even put it in words of just how of of how great it is because mm-hmm. like wait there's, like, there's there's not too many scenes where you know you've seen it a hundred times and you're like you, well you know what's going to happen but i still want to you know is he going to hit that wire in time like yeah i, I know is. i know he goes back to the future
1: mm-hmm.
0: i know there's two more movies that follow but still i'm like maybe this is the time that i'm seeing <laughs> something where he doesn't make it
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, and I feel that way also about the scene, you know, in the first movie when he comes out after knocking out Biff and he grabs the kids, he grabs the, um, the kids uh, skateboard and he's, and he, you know, for the first time, everybody in 1955 is watching this guy do r- ride a skateboard and trying to beat a car with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you got his mom, you got Leah Thompson saying, you know, he's such a dream. I'm like, okay, well, that's your son, but well, we won't, we won't go there. But, uh, but, you know.
2: Nope. i know i know but uh we all know your fantasies chris <laughs>
0: yeah
2: well <Mommy> um <laughs> that's, his favorite type of, that's chris's favorite type of porn is mommy son porn
1: oh
2: uh, maybe third <laughs> but not one <laughs> he's a big
0: fan of lisa ann <laughs> <laughs> um
1: so I mean,
0: we just outed somebody. <laughs> someone,
2: yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on to um, she. Uh, little known fact that she uh, she was the resident uh, porn version of Sarah Palin for years.
0: Yes. Thank you, Dean. Thanks, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the uh, I feel like the star with the rainbow should appear over his head with the the more you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So moving on to, you know. Um, how much time do we have, actually? We'll take a, a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll finish out the last two movies. That we will. So, yeah, uh, this is Big Geek Energy, and we got lost in that one, so which is great, and I'm looking forward to the next two movies here. Um, this is the Back to the Future retrospective. Um, I'm Crazy Francesco. That's Dean and George. We'll be right back in just a few seconds. Uh, hang with us. Well, Welcome back, Big Geek Energy. Uh, I'm Christy, Francesca, George, and Dean are here. Uh, we're going right. to continue our talk. We're up to Back to the Future Two. Uh, George, what are some of your favorite uh, scenes or moments from from the from the movie?
0: Um, I like when he first kind of gets to the future, and we get this we get this like overworld shot of uh, of Hill Valley, twenty fifteen. You know, with that score behind it, and it's you know, and how just like and how vastly different we thought the world was going to be, you know, in only thirty years. Yeah, it really hasn't really been too much change. Oh. I mean, although Zemeckis did nail a lot of shit, though, for a thirty-year guess.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, he was one year off at
0: the Cubs. He was one year off on the Cubs. I mean, that's <sighs> shit. That's a bullseye, as far as I'm concerned. I agree. <laughs> and, he, and he predicted a baseball team in Miami. He yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah yeah yeah. wrong wrong division but hey (laughs) i really who cares right Um, but my absolute favorite scene is is the end of the movie when uh when the western union courier shows up with the because you think that it's because you think that the movie is just ending on this like somber note and like that's it And then, like, this Western Union guy rolls up and he calls Marty by, you know, by Marty McFly. It's like nobody knows he goes by that name in 1955. Now, then he reads a letter and he gets excited. He's from the dock. Yeah. Which is Dean's right, which is Dean's uh, text message to him when he texts me. It's Marty saying it's from the dock.
1: Oh my God. I'm crying. (laughs) Why? Because, like, just imagining that scene and the music in the background and he gets the letter and he goes it's
0: from the doc
1: <laughs> and it's like
0: <laughs> damn it, damn it. <laughs> well that's how doc <laughs> probably <laughs> felt <laughs> it's, just, it's just yeah it's just it's
1: just thinking of that of that whole scene and like just and then um, you know, I love I the very beginning, which is basically the end of the first movie. And I, I love when he first realized, I love from a fan, is when the, you first realize that the car can fly. And it's just like, oh, my God. And then he goes, you know, you know, we got to clear spaces on the road to get the 88, you know, roads where we're going. We don't need roads. And he does, he throws the uh, radars down. And it's just, dude, man, like everything else from there is like the shoes that he comes out with is like probably the most expensive shoes in the world to this day is those pump up Nikes and it's just <laughs>
0: paralysis all right
2: <laughs> so think... it's just no go ahead um I think my favorite scene is when Doc comes to uh he's like we gotta go back to the, we gotta go to the future and uh he tells him that their kids uh marry a black guy and they're like oh
0: we're fine with oh that god <laughs> it's from family guy did you yeah, like peanut <laughs> was <laughs> invented by a black man. Eh, too late, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: man. Um, now I my favorite part of the movie is actually when um, Marty confronts Biff.
1: Oh, yeah, God.
2: I mean that's that's about, such a dark about, time of the movie uh, too. About uh about Grey Sports, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, you know like, Sports Almanac. Show's over, Biff. Yeah, man. About Grey Sports Almanac
1: it's just a great scene. Like when they're on the rooftop and Biff is talking about killing his father, um, man, it's just, it's like one of the most intense scenes, in the entire trilogy. Um, part of me,
0: part, part of me still thinks Marty is going to piss him the jacuzzi that Biff is in when he's sitting there and you got like that <laughs> camera shot from between Marty's yeah. legs. I'm like, what if a stream just comes out right now, just right <laughs> inside the jacuzzi. Oh, bulletproof vest. <laughs> Genius. Oh, great flick. Great friggin' flick. <laughs> Man's genius, oh, but that's yeah, so but, good. but you're right, which is but you're great right because, I mean, it's because
2: they referenced that in the third movie. That's how mm-hmm. Marty obviously survives, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful just us. Check like poetry, it rhymes,
0: yeah, it really, key. I mean, right. it really is. We, gotta, we, we, we gotta make Biff work, Biff, so Biff's the key to all this.
1: As, as we get into the third movie, what do you think was I don't want to say anything was really missing about Back to the Future 2, but the fact that a lot of us think that Back to the Future 3 is a better movie than the second, what do you think maybe was missing from the second movie to where a lot of people actually look at the third one as being superior to the second one?
2: I think the third one had... um, I I think the third one is very similar to uh, The Last Crusade. With, uh, as Indiana Jones, uh, I think that I think the original Indiana Jones trilogy and the Dark and uh, the Back to the Future trilogy are ve- very similar trilogies. You have the first movie, which is widely regarded as one of, if not the best movie ever made. You have a sequel that was is widely liked, um, but is considered the weakest of that trilogy for being a little bit of a darker movie, a little bit of uh, a little more um, just just darker. Uh, and then the third movie was always believed in both trilogies to be more of a return to form of the first film um and it's really kind of weird how they they, those those two trilogies kind of do mirror each other in that aspect and um i think that's where it was for for a lot of people with three i like three more because i think it's a great western me too which is one of my and that's that might be my favorite movie genre ever i love westerns Mm -hmm. um the score is just amazing Um, And it's got, it's got a lot of uh, heart in it. And it's something I I don't like care really about movies. But when you watch, you know, Back to the Future 3, there's a lot of heart in that movie and a lot of emotion because you have Doc, you know, he meets Claire and he falls in love and he, Mm -hmm. for the first time in his life, he is fighting against you know like what his heart's telling him to do like his mind is a scientist he knows he cannot love this woman he can't right. take her to the future but he is so caught up in love with her and, and marty now is on the opposite side where we've had marty for two movies just fucking up mm-hmm. now marty is the voice of reason saying doc you, you know we, you know you're a scientist you know stuff like that um and then of course you you know you get to the end where do you have that beautiful moment between doc and marty uh, when Doc shows up on the train, um, which, which I think is my, you know, jumping ahead a little bit. I think that is my favorite scene of, ep- of episode three, back to mm. future three, when, when Doc shows up and they're talking, and then he goes, Oh, and he hands him the, he hands him the, uh, the photo, you know, and then the, 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 the theme plays and yeah. know, it's just, it's a great moment, you know, <laughs> uh, and, a, and a little, a perfect ending to a trilogy, you know?
1: Yeah. And you know my 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 favorite quote of any of the movies is in the third movie, and I'll get I'll try to say as fast as I can because if I talk is about it, the ending it, is in a third. Draw? No, yeah, that's my favorite.
0: Is it, is it a you thought wrong, dude? <laughs> <laughs> um, so
2: it's, like, it's, it's when Marty goes, no, he doesn't want to. doesn't want <laughs> to come outside for the for the
1: the, the showdown. <laughs> so, and it's like and i'll try to say it quick because if i don't then i'll 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 get all emotional again so at the okay. at the end of the third movie when um you know they they the the train pulls up and it's and they say you know that the, the paper they have was blank and doc comes out and says it means your future hasn't been written yet no one has cool. your future is whatever you make of it so make it a good one and cool. that's just a, a quote that i'll always have for the rest of my life and it's just you know, I, I love that so much. So like, yeah. And and that kind of plays into what you said, Dean, where there's just so much heart in the movie and it's a perfect way to end, end the trilogy. It really is. Um, mm. And, you know, my, my favorite scene of the movie is actually in the very, is in the very beginning when they're in the underground tunnel and they're mm. digging out the car. Mm. And you see that and you see it for the first time and and, and and they're trying to figure out how to get it out. And and Doc is saying, uh, oh, We're no wonder it's a blow. A, <laughs> no wonder it's a piece of junk. It says made in Japan. And Michael J. Fox, mm. what are you talking about, Doc? All the best stuff from made in Japan. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: because it, it, it's almost like right up into that part you forget that they're that that they're in 1955. Exactly. Mm. No, when he says it, it's called like, oh, made in Japan. And part of it's like it's like what are you talking about? Talk about it's Like it's like oh yeah, like he still doesn't know. Like he, <laughs> he doesn't just, know. He
1: doesn't um, and then of course it's of all the three movies, it's my favorite car because those white wall tires, man. I just mm-hmm. I I adore that car so much. Um, I remember growing. Oh my god! I remember growing up like that was a one car that I wanted, and everyone always used to me. Why the heck would you want the third car? I'm like, because one. It, it's the only one that's like significantly different in terms yeah. of um, aesthetics of the other two. The, the I mean, if I always had the car that you could flip the wheels down and it looks like it's the car from the second one, but if mm. you don't have that car, it's the same damn thing as the first one. The third one just separates itself, it's higher off the ground. It's well, got not, the white wall number tires. two
2: has Mr. Fusion,
1: right? It has Mr. Fusion. Um, but like it, the third one like you said, man, it's like, that's the one that really pulls the movie and brings everything back full circle. Like you have the scientist who knows what's going on with the future, but yet he's toying, you know, he's mentally completely torn about falling in love with this woman that he knows what's supposed to happen. She's actually supposed to die. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, he changes everything. He He's the one that in the first two movies is you can't mess with the, the timeline because you're going to mess up the future. It can have uh-huh. just drastic effects. And here he is saving a woman's life that was named the Chavez Ravine for a reason. Uh-huh. He changes that.
2: And it's Shonash sort- like oh. Ravine. <laughs> Not Chavez. I'm sorry. Ch- I'm, Chavez I'm, Ravine is where Dodger Stadium is.
1: I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was I was on a roll, and then um, so it it's just I wonder
2: if it's an old Indian name. <laughs>
0: what was the old Indian
1: name for <laughs> Um, but yeah, like that's that's the movie that it ties it all together. So I, I think that's probably why a lot of people love the third one so much is that yeah. it just it ties everything all it ties everything together and it actually for the first time puts Doc Brown in an interesting. Uh, position really? as well where it was always marty now that marty's the one trying to get doc back on track so yeah. um yeah it's just it's just perfect just absolutely perfect yeah
2: i want to take say one more thing about back to future one fest a close second for me for favorite scene is just the opening where marty shows mm. up to doc's doc's garage yes and you're just you just follow his feet around then he kicks a skateboard against the plutonium and he's plugging in the guitar and stuff like that that is just forever etched in my mind. You're right. Uh, that, that beginning whole opening scene is just mm-hmm. is just it's just perfect. <clears throat> um, uh, to,
0: George, to, to what's up, your
2: favorite scene of, of, of the third movie?
0: Well, I'm also going to I'm going to tell you a little why I think of what I mean, along with the heart. I mean, we'll we I know you guys have have said, you know, it's got a lot of heart to it and it, it wraps up on swords. but there's also the stakes in this movie feel mm-hmm. immensely higher. Yes. Ooh. Yes. You know, Agreed. Cause, cause this is you know because this is it. If they don't go back on this, like that's it. Like there's no there's no other chance that this is ever going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And like Biff was, yeah, it, I mean, or, or Buford, Buford was threatening. Like Buf, like like oh. Biff was just a high school bully and just like a jerk off when he was older. Right. Like,
1: he was a killer in this one, man. He was yeah. a killer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like he's. Here he killed twelve Chinamen, according to a newspaper article. (laughs) That's right. Shot that horse. Yeah. (laughs) That's your (laughs) fault, Tanner. Like like, like Buford is impulsive. He's he's deadly. He's got an itchy trigger finger. I mean like there were several times in this movie where you like at any point he could just show up and kill any of the main characters and just shoots it down because we know like that that's the whole reason why Marty went back was because Doc was shot in the back by Beautiful over eighty dollars, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not. Just, it's, what kind it's, of feature is call that? grappling with? <laughs> as, as we said, it's Doc grappling with, um, with with, with Claire. I mean. Essentially, the, the timeline was already changed the second the lightning bolt hit that Dorian because he was always going to pick Claire up from the train station. Right. So, mm. I mean, th- that was always something that he was going to do when he went back in time. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that because Marty was with him at that point, you know, he, he you know, because they were talking about all Claire Clayton was ended up at the bottom of Clayton Ravine because that's because Marty reminds him of the story. Yeah, you know, otherwise he doesn't know about it. You know, all the kids at school know because they all have teachers that they want to see fall in the ravine. Right. So, so, so Doc's is dealing with this. Marty is still dealing with, the, uh, you know, did, don't call me chicken. But mm-hmm. he's got Seamus McFly acting as the conscious, and and Maggie McFly acting as the conscious to him. Yeah, talking about you know, you know, talking about how he you know, had a brother named Martin who got you know who got stabbed in the knife. Uh, who got stabbed in the stomach by a Bowie knife from Virginia City, you know? So you know, poor Martin never did think about the future. God rest his soul, well, you know. So you know, he's getting con. He's getting. Um, you first know, McFly right born in America, from his from his ancestors. You know, it's not just like Lorraine's family this time. It's the McFlys, like his like legit bloodline. So mm-hmm. so there's a lot riding with that. Plus, you don't. You know we, we know that, that Buford is essentially the, the fastest gun in the West according to uh mm-hmm. the Biftanic Casino. So, you know, with that shootout in the street, I mean, Marty was all hyped for it because Buford called him Yala. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he sees that the tombstone has changed, you know, with his name. And then the Undertaker is measuring him for a suit in his coffin. And get, that's when it finally gets real with him. and He's like, shit. Mm-hmm. Especially when Doc's like, it may not be my name on the tombstone it may be yours Ugh. and we know that that was going to happen because the, the photograph did say clint eastwood at one point yeah so he was never going to survive that shootout if it was a legit shootout mm-hmm.
2: yeah you know i i gotta bring something up george and i've talked about this before i want to mention to you chris okay i don't you know i i you know i love these movies or they are they are riddled with plot holes though um but that's what you're going to get with a time travel film. I feel like, so if, and I, I'm going to pose a question to you, is it really that important that Marty would go back in time to save Doc in 1885, when realistically, at by the time 1955 would have rolled around, future Doc would be dead anyway? Because future Doc is about 70 in 1985? I, I think... So in, in, in terms, I think he, he already would have not lived much longer anyway it's a great question you know so he could have just been like oh hey doc don't fucking piss off you for tannin
0: except um except he would have lived longer because if you remember in part two doc went to the rejuvenation he went to the rejuvenation clinic mm. and added a good 40 years to his life oh yeah, mm. so, <laughs> yeah so, I mean, which was a clever sure. way of the not having for lloyd and make it to look older yeah yeah
1: i can't believe um i'm looking at um 1990 god back to the future was the sixth highest grossing film of that year with um but
2: you want to think about that think about back to the future 2 in 89 and the movies that came out in 89
1: yeah yeah um ahead of back to the future 3 was total recall dances with wolves pretty woman
2: home alone and ghost and Back to the Future 3 is the best of all those movies. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> <laughs> um, well,
0: yeah. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, Back to the Future 2 was the third highest behind Batman and Indiana Jones. So it's... Yeah. Um,
2: and then wow. there's still a Bond movie that came out that year, too.
1: Let's see, look who's talking. Yeah. Little Mermaid, Lethal Weapon 2, Ghostbusters 2. Wow, big. that's a big year. That
0: was um, a huge year.
1: Yeah. Um all right. you.
2: yeah. Uh,
0: my favorite my, my favorite scene in Back to the Future Three is the uh is, is everything on the train at the end of the movie from the second they steal the train, you know, and Claire boards it and then you know we we pass the point of no return. I mean and that's actually my favorite piece of score too, mm, is on cool. the is on the at least on the on the soundtrack that I listen to the train sequence has three separate scores and they're all, and it's, it's all fan. It's, it's all fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess before, before we get out of here, I guess I'm going to ask the age old question. And I, you know, with the world that we live in today of everything, everything, either getting a sequel or being remade. I know Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale have said, you know, as long as they're alive, the movie won't be remade, but, you know, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase said a long time ago, everybody has price. Um, do you think this is something that will get done eventually? No. Hmm.
0: Because Zemeckis, I think it's Zemeckis, Gale, and I think Spielberg or um, like own majority of the rights. And... W- when they die, I think the rights. I think I think they like bequeath the rights to their like loved ones.
1: Hmm.
0: <clears throat> so as long as a member of that family or a member of any of those families were in control of the majority, it's not going to happen. Plus, it, it, I don't think you could. I don't think you could remake it. I mean, even if you were make, even if you were to remake it, you know, this decade.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are you gonna do? You're you're gonna go back to the '90s? I mean, hmm. like, where does it? You know, where does the, um, where like where, where the threat factor come in that you don't have in the 90s that you would have in the 2020s that you couldn't power your machine to go? Because the whole point in going to 1955 was there was no plutonium.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and then when you go back to 85, there's no gasoline. I mean, there's gasoline in 1990. Yes. <laughs> in fact, it's probably, it's going to be a hell of a lot. Than it is now. So you could definitely repair that tank with no problem. Um, <laughs> the only thing into is the fact there's going to be more people around mm-hmm. but you know there's there isn't there isn't anything in 1990 that would prevent you from having this unless you have smartphone technology or something in your car or, or like your car requires bluetooth to hit, to, you know, to go back in time yeah it's not yeah like, like the technology's there like you wouldn't have to wait 40 years for technology to show up or for gasoline to show up
1: Right, right. Um, so, Dean, your thoughts. You think there is a chance that this does get remade?
2: Well, <clears throat> let me lean in because my headphones died again. So, i make sure everybody can hear me. Um, I think there is, it should never be remade. Um, I don't know if it'll ever be remade because there is, you know, Bob Gale and Semeckis have said over their dead bodies, you know, it'll never be made. But then again, uh, you know Hollywood, and somehow they'll find a way to do it. And I'm just gonna say it straight up: um, enjoy losing money, because <laughs> it, it will never, it will never make money. Uh, congratulations, you have made Ghostbusters 2016 all over again, because that's exactly what it's gonna be.
0: Well, Warner Brothers and Sony don't own, aren't, or don't own the distribution rights to Back to the Future. That's Universal. As- wow. Because that universe, yeah. every time I see that universal opening where it shows the different ones over time, I mm. immediately think back to the Future 3. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter right. whatever it's for, I immediately think back to the Future 3.
1: Disney doesn't Disney now own NBC Universal? No, no, oh, that was something else. Okay, yeah, um, they um Fox,
2: Fox, that's it, they own Fox, that's right. Um, um, Russell is their own entity,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. And they Um, need money, they're not going to be selling to Disney any time in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they do fine. Um, All right. It's Um, great
2: to see a uh, movie studio actually (laughs) well (laughs) ran. I didn't know know that existed. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, just to to finish up, um, I don't know, George, I know you didn't play it, but Chris, did you play the Telltale game? I did, yeah. You and I talked about it. Yeah, we. I never finished it. I gotta buy it again. I, I got through the first three episodes. I never finished it. Yeah, you. Yeah, you
1: and I talked about it for a while. Cause <laughs> I, remember, I remember debating on getting it again or not, and you said definitely get it, and then I got it.
2: Yeah, I need to. I need to find it again and and, and finish it. Did you watch the animated show? Of course. Yeah, uh, I still got my Martin McMy my Doc Brown and DeLorean it from from that. It was a Happy Meal toy.
0: Yes. That's yes. we're so cool. like... It's where, where he's hanging up the side of it mm-hmm. and uh it have like the sparks in it so you ran oh. it it looked mm-hmm. like there was a yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: and uh so be, before we we get out of here um as a trilogy what do you guys rate it from one to ten? ten ten ten
2: yeah i think ten. it's since since it's one of the few movie tri- movie trilogies out there that didn't have uh and a um so a, a like a k- expansion on it um i think it is hands down the greatest standing trilogy of all time you know indiana jones had indiana jones four they're making five star wars obviously has three trilogies um you know uh i don't think the dark knight trilogy is anywhere close to this good um as great as those first two movies are you know they, they the third movie was not as good as the first two um you know what lord of the rings movies again i think they decrease in um quality um i agree it's hard it's hard to kind of count like comic book trilogies because they they're in like a larger world you know what i mean like you got the Mm -hmm. iron man trilogy but they're i'm just as, as an example there the iron man trilogy hypothetical the captain america trilogy or whatever is in a uh a larger universe, you know, same thing with like the you know, Zach's trilogy, they have two spin off movies, you know what I mean? So, as a self standing movie with no expansion on it at all, it is the greatest trilogy, um, from start to finish, not even close.
0: Plus, I mean, right. if, you, if you if you look at that over if you look at the overarching story of it, it all takes place really over the course of maybe two, maybe two and a half weeks tops. Mm-hmm. Right? and in, 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 in if you're in 1985 or if you look at it from that point of view it's all the, over the course of two days over like a weekend like a mm-hmm. like early Saturday morning to, to to early Sunday morning you know like a day and a half mm-hmm. but Marty's at 1955 for a week um, you know then he goes back with doc and he's in 1955 for another few days and then he's in the old West for about four or five days so it's a it, from Marty's point of view, it's it's like two weeks. Like from everyone else's point of view, you now he's just he's just gone for a week he went up to the lake or whatever. Um yeah,
2: but he but comes when, back the day he leaves though.
0: Well when he comes back at the end of back to future, the end of back to future uh three, when he's in the, the full western gear, it's Sunday morning when yeah. he comes when he comes back. Yeah, because but I'm saying at in, in the, 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 at the, like, the oh, end of
2: back to future oh, one, he comes back the same night he left.
0: Yeah, because when um um, when his brother and sister come out, they're like you wore that to the lake <laughs> <laughs> and the cowboy. He watch a yeah. Biff. Oh, hey, Marty. I made a I made a reference the other day at work. I was doing um, I was I was putting something away, and my boss came out to me, and she was like, no, "You still have a lot of training to do. I have like, a lot of o- online training to do." And I looked back at her, and I was like, oh, "I'm just finish up the second coat now." <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just starting the second coat now. And then she's like, white and she walked away. I'm like, these references are lost on you people. I'm yeah. giving you guys it's just,
1: it's just um <laughs> So uh, before we get out of here, um, we are a pop culture definitely for sure, a podcast. Um, we got a little I guess a little teaser today from Warner Brothers or Matt Reeves oh, shut um up. W- about about I'm the about to, the deleted shut scene. The fuck up.
0: we're having a good time here and you're gonna mention that
1: i'm sorry but the deleted scene with the joker um yeah i I never got your opinion on it george um what was your thoughts when you saw it
0: i didn't finish watching it that's my (laughs) fault
1: you didn't like the brand new mutated version of of the joker
0: i mean the the joker's mutated regardless because he found out of acid i don't need all that bullshit that's on his face I don't care if he's been or whatever I don't care you, you've already lost me by having a nonsense deleted scene for no reason at all mm-hmm. the I movie agree it was long enough I yeah. don't want to have to sit through like an hour of deleted scenes
1: yeah Dean how about you fuck Matt Reeves <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, just to let everybody know I'm, I, I, I'm, I know I'm, this. So,
2: I'm so over this movie
1: yeah, just to let everybody know, and um, this is fact because it's been confirmed by other people as well that um, for all the the people that love this Batman movie all over the place, it's lose it has lost Warner Brothers over well over a hundred million dollars. So the movie wow. will make no profit, and it's about to head to yeah. HBO Max, um, where Do you know, do you know the it.
2: biggest reason why it won't make any profit? Because on average, movie studios only profit fifty percent of the box office. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so so it's made 600 million dollars as of right now warner brothers has only made 300 million dollars from that so they've that's that's why when we heard that right now it's part of the 100 million dollar loss club it's because they have not recouped its production and um marketing marketing budget back yet so
1: yeah just so so everybody
2: know that that uh you know people like the three of us were right um if you're a listener listener of mikey sutton he was right too Mm -hmm. um so maybe you clowns out there should actually start listening to people who know what they're talking about. And seriously, we're just, we're just three guys who run a podcast, but I, I personally do a lot of reading about how the box offices work and how movie budgets are broken down. Mm -hmm. So that's why like four or five months ago, I was just like, "Mm, it needs like $700 million to break even. I don't think it's going to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's because I had been reading a lot about it. So um, but that's what makes movies like Man of Steel so great because that was all, that was mainly all profit because of all the deals they did to get the production budget back. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was shit. Um, fuck Matt Reeves and your stupid mustache. You pretentious, arrogant fucking piece of shit. Um, good luck with Batman too. That's all I got to say, if you get it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Because um, um, he's already lost I, his Gotham City PD show. Oh my God.
0: I, I don't want... Um, all these, you know, I I, I know like you know, we're called a Snyder call or whatever. I, I don't care. I wear it like a badge of honor, but mm-hmm. I don't want all these anti-Snyderites to be coming out in five years talking about how great BVS was and how amazing the Snyder Cut was. No, no, no. Fuck you. You had your chance six years ago to jump on the bandwagon mm-hmm. because of six. you idiots. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now we have this. So I hope mm-hmm. you're all happy that mm-hmm. this is what we've come to. And I didn't outwardly hate the Batman. I thought it was Near a decent not. movie. It was just it was just ran too long. Mm-hmm. But that Joker scene, it just, it's it's mm-hmm. not even that it was bad. It almost seemed as like they just filmed it just for fan service that nobody asked for. Yep. It was it was too it was too try hard.
2: Mhm. Yeah, you know I, mean? I agree. Mhm. It's just, it's just like the uh, the Riddler scene, that that I and mean, that movie, that scene's awful. Yeah. Um, it's just like how it how is there's there's a three. We're and we're getting to a it, but you know, it's just I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I was I was like, wow, that was actually worse than the Riddler scene.
0: <laughs> it's it's like yeah. it it's like that meme where it's like nobody, absolutely nobody, and then you know whatever. It's like nobody, absolutely yeah. nobody. That's like Matt Reeves.
2: And then, <laughs> that
0: scene, it's like. That's the a good point. Fu- the movie was, I mean, it wasn't great, but it was fine the way it was that whatever little tease we got of Joker and Arkham where we didn't see his face, right? And it was all obscured. That I was like, okay, that's fine. A nice little Easter egg, like, like whatever. This first off, why in the fuck would <laughs> Batman ever go to the Joker and be like, hey, um, what do you? What do you think of this? Like, yeah. Like, this isn't Chris Starling going in and uh, you know and picking Hannibal Lecter's brain. These are two mortal enemies. This is God and the devil. Like, this is black versus white. Like, they're not going to talk to each other. And, te- and I don't want to hear some half ass story from 100 years ago about, oh, well, there was this one time that Batman and the Joker teamed up. I don't, I don't want to hear it. I well, agree. It, well, <laughs> I, 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 I will, work. I won't
2: knock it that much because we did get a nightmare sequence where Batman and Joker were working together.
0: Mm-hmm. They still hated each other, though. True. Ben's not going to go to him and be like, "Hey, um, can you tell me how to beat Darkseid?" I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know well, no, that just like, that just he, he, all that he, does he, is he prove how
2: much a better Batman and yeah, Ben Affleck was.
0: Yeah. He, he didn't go and like bend over and show his butthole to Joker and be like, Hey, can you, can you help me? Like, mm. no, no, <laughs> there was it was clear that Ben was pulling the strings. And I'm like, No, no, you go where I say, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Um, so all right,
0: nightmare. The, the nightmare sequence is an outlier, people had to work together because Darkseid's the main enemy. But that's yeah. the only time it's even remotely close to being allowed. There isn't a single hey, uh, person in Gotham City that, uh, that he needs help with.
2: I'm going to take, take 45 seconds and explain something. So, uh, I messed up today on Multiverse Movie podcasts, and I put up the six-year anniversary for BBS a day early. To be fair, there was midnight showing, so I wasn't entirely wrong. So I went back and listened to our review, George, of, of BVS, um, just to kind <clears> of <throat> – because I didn't get a chance to watch it today, so I, I wanted to make sure I listened to our review again. Mm-hmm. I said something to you. You said something, too, and I need to go back and, and timestamp it and, and tell you guys about because you said something that was, like, spot on, but I can't remember what it is on top of my head. But we were talking about how, like, everyone was like, oh, Jesse Eisenberg Le- uh, is playing the Riddler and stuff like that. And I remember saying, like – Oh, that would have been really anticlimactic if it was just like the Riddler was behind everything. And what the fuck did we get in this Batman movie? (laughs) It was a really anticlimactic Riddler behind everything in it. I was like, wow. But I'll I'll go back. I'll go back tomorrow, and I'll I'll go back to where you said something that was so like on point. I just have to check the time, and I'll let you guys know so you can go check it out. But um, I'll hear. I'll remember when I hear. it. Yeah, I'll remember when I hear it though. Um, But I yeah, that's that's all. that's all I wanted to say. But
0: uh yeah, I sent I sent Dan a text earlier. I'm like I'm like you know it says the 24th, right? He's like yeah, was it? Go? I'm, like, I'm like because you put up the post for BVS for the 6th anniversary, it's tomorrow. He's I like to put up another post. He's like oops, I'll put up another post. I'm like if anybody's <laughs> going to if anybody's going to know when the anniversary of BVS is, it's gonna be me.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Because um, it is my birthday, so that's why so, I'm, I'm not going to forget it. all time getting early and I forget my birthday, <laughs> I trust you guys to remind me.
1: Uh, we'll do. I trust
0: Chris to remind me. I
1: will
0: not I'm telling it. you, on random days it's your birthday. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to give you your card tomorrow.
2: <laughs> I hope it's bent. <laughs> oh. oh, it's even better. It's even better.
1: <laughs> all right, so um,
0: <laughs> we just ripped it in and blew. that
1: that wraps up the show this week everybody uh thank you guys very much next week it's one of the biggest weeks of the year it's my favorite week of the year it's wrestlemania week so next week we will be doing our top 10 favorite wrestlemania matches of all time so um can't wait So to me, I've always been this way. WrestleMania and like Royal Rumble, Rumble, easy for me to say, the Royal Rumble week are my two favorite weeks of the year. So I'm super excited um, for next week. And next week's show should be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking forward to it. So thank you guys very much. Big Geek Energy podcast on Instagram. Uh, Same, uh, Big Geek Energy on Facebook. Uh, Thank you guys very much. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy this this deep look into why we love Back to the Future and why it's such a – timeless timeless uh trilogy um and we will always always love it um for uh george rogers and dean hall's apple i am chris t francesco happy birthday george your birthday will have passed before our next episode so we love you thank you so much for everything that you do you're the best man we love your we love um, your holes thank you that as well um so (laughs) everybody have a great rest of your week and weekend and we'll catch you guys down the road have a great one bye-bye